Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Okay, winter is on the way, and if you listen to this show, you know there's only one product that I absolutely rely on when I get a sore throat or a scratchy throat, and that's the delicious Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, it's the only throat drop that is ranked number one in throat coating action, number one. And I mean, you can literally feel it, that coating of your throat with their gum acacia, their plant glycerin, and of course, their delicious natural flavors. Now, they're amazing. My favorite is wild cherry and licorice. I also love the honey and licorice. Now, I've turned a lot of people onto Pine Brothers. You want to know the first three things that come out of their mouth? One, they're delicious. I can feel them coat my throat, and wow, they're soft, almost like a gummy bear. Yeah, I know they're soft. That's why they're called Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, work with me, people. So this season, look, you're going to have some throat issues and do what I do to soothe my golden throat. I use Pine Brothers Throat Drops. You will love this product. It's worth every penny. You can find Pine Brothers at CVS, Select, Walmart, Target, ShopRite. Why? Because they are the best. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right. Is it sinking in a little bit? What has happened? How deep? How profound what you have done is now going to impact this country, I would argue, in such a positive way compared to what it would have been. Just the Supreme Court of the United States alone will, will transform this country in such a powerful, positive way. Building a border wall will make us that much more safe. Repealing Obamacare is going to be deep and profound energy independence reforming education you know reforming refugee policy in this country it's going to be profound i mean it's interesting to watch what's going on in washington today and donald trump meeting with uh the anointed one obama you know look i don't care what anybody says it's all Oh, the peaceful transition of power. Isn't this cute? Isn't this nice? I know Donald Trump. Donald Trump's like, I want to roll up my sleeves and go to work. And uh, Paul Ryan showing him the view. And I'm like, 
Doesn't he have a hotel across the street with probably a better view than what Paul Ryan has? I mean, it's pretty funny. Ethan was telling me in my ear before. Um, anyway, so yeah, a couple of interesting side notes as we get started today. The Matt Trump 2016 would have beaten Obama 2012. That's how deep this this win was for him on Tuesday night. And, um, you know, while she underperformed relative to Obama's 2012 totals in several Midwestern states, Ohio, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, Clinton ran virtually even with Obama in battlegrounds of Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Virginia, Nevada, New Hampshire. And what's more, she far surpassed Obama's 2012 vote total in Florida, which is obviously the biggest swing state. And um, anyway, somehow, while Obama carried Florida, Clinton lost it. So was Donald Trump just good enough to beat a bad Democrat, or does he deserve more credit? Could he, for example, have competed with the Obama machine? And the answer, somewhat shockingly to some, is yes. If you review the vote totals in the past two elections, it reveals that Trump 2016 would have defeated Obama 2012 in the Electoral College. Wow. I guess that is a bit of a mandate more than people thought. I hope Obama read that this morning. Um, I know people are jumping the gun a little bit, and a lot of people want to talk about what the potential cabinet members will be. And, you know, certainly the Supreme Court is on the in the uppermost of my mind about all of this. But I, I've got to deal with the left is is predictably, and I knew this would happen, and I just didn't really talk a lot about it yesterday. Um, and what's fascinating to me is it's it happens every time. In the next four years, you're going to see America's left, the base of the Democratic Party, go insane. I mean, some of the headlines today is, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. But you saw the protests emerging in New York last night, in Chicago last night, in California, in Boston, in Philly, in Seattle, other major cities. You heard Al Sharpton. We're not going down without a fight. Donald needs to know that. You got schools literally offering counseling to children because they may be so upset their poor little brains can't handle that Donald Trump won and they want to help the children with the stress of dealing with Donald Trump's victory in the Donald Trump presidency. You got kids in high school out in in San Francisco doing a walkout to protest Trump. You got the 101 freeway in Los Angeles shut down and, you know, America KKKK signs everywhere. You got violent clashes with cops, 6,000 strong in Oakland. Roadblocks in Los Angeles, Cher and Madonna joined 7,000 protesters in New York City. Sadly, you've got Twitter erupting with calls for Donald Trump to be assassinated. This is the left. This is the base, the Hillary's base. California now, an article out today, they may want to leave the U.S. because of the election of Donald Trump. Google searches for how to impeach a president are up 5,000 percent. You got to. You know, all of this going on right before our eyes. People have to die. Anti-Trump protesters calling for violence. By the way, Canadians have said they don't want fleeing liberals like Lena Dunham. They don't they don't want anybody there. Um, Now, a couple of other things. I had a friend of mine send me this last night, and I don't think he's going to mind. I don't think he'll know. I don't think anyone will be able to figure out where it came from. But this is pretty interesting. 
And it's a message to kids at a, a New York prep school. I won't even mention the school. To all the parents. And now, when we most want to weep and to mourn, we must come to work and be a source of both solace and inspiration to all of our young students. He's talking about the election. He's talking about Hillary lost. I know most of us want to weep and mourn. And then he goes on to say, we have long known the challenge of being the faces of reassurance and comfort after continuous tragedies. But this seems different. What do we do? This is from a headmaster of an elite New York school. And he goes on. Our children will certainly come to school with lots on their minds and lots of things to say and ask. And unlike other tragedies, our kids will have been exposed to all kinds of information and worries and anger and dismay at home. And some may even have parents who woke up happy this morning. Oh, my gosh. They will need time today to talk about what happened, to ask the questions and share their concerns. As always... And here's the very challenging part. We need to be the voices of reassurance, not in a dishonest way, but in a way that taps into the mission and history of our school and our country. They need to know, as we all need to know, that people in this country will work hard to make sure that everyone is safe, no matter where they come from, what they look like, who we love or how and whether we worship. People will continue to work hard to protect everyone's rights and to make the world a better place that work just got a whole lot more difficult but we need to give our community hope that it can be done our kids will also need to see that life at school continues in the same way and that our classroom classrooms and spaces where they will continue to be engaged in rich experiences and deep learning life has to go on as usual so we need to support each other in being wonderful teachers that we are. If anyone needs help in having discussions with their children because Donald Trump won, please let me know. There are a number of us who will be available to help you with this. And if people would like to meet after school to talk about the challenges, you're welcome to join the guidance group in my office. Oh my God, what is wrong with these people? They have lost their minds. Let's go to some of the media and how wrong they were on election night and, and how insane they are. By the way, anyone see Martha Raddatz tearing up? Didn't she moderate a debate? Van Jones calling it a white lash? What is going These people have, you know, lost their minds. Everyone insisting, oh, Trump's not winning. Trump's not winning. It was, a, it was funny as hell, to be honest to you, to watch these people in the court. Well, maybe he does have a little bit of a chance, but it's the, the Detroit votes didn't come in yet. You know, all, all the Philly votes aren't counted yet, even though it's 99% in. Koki Roberts, great hostility to having a female president. Van Jones on the corrupt CNN Clinton News Network. This election was a white lash. They've lost their minds collectively. People have talked about a miracle. Uh, I'm hearing about a nightmare. Uh, it's hard to be a parent tonight for a lot of us. Uh, you tell your kids, don't be a bully. You tell your kids, don't be a bigot. You tell your kids, do your homework and be prepared. And then you have this outcome and you have people putting children to bed tonight 
and they, they're afraid of breakfast. They're afraid of how do I explain this to my children? I have Muslim friends who are texting me tonight saying, should I leave the country? I have uh, uh, families of immigrants that are terrified tonight. This was many things. I, 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 this was a rebellion against the elites. True, it was a complete reinvention of, of, of politics and polls, it's true. But it was also something else. We've talked about race. I mean, we've talked about everything but race tonight. We've talked about income. We've talked about class. We've talked about region. We haven't talked about race. This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president in part. And that's the part where the pain comes. And Donald Trump has a responsibility tonight to come out and reassure people that he is going to be the president of all the people who he insulted and offended and, and, and brushed aside. Yeah. When you say you, know, you want to take your country back, you got a lot of people who feel that we're not represented well either. Can we just stop for a minute? Listen, did we act like a bunch of crybabies after Obama won twice? We've suffered for eight years through the radical leftist Alinsky disciple, Frank Marshall Davis disciple, the acorn organizer, the vote present, the Church of GD America, the Sunday after 9-11, America's chickens have come home to roost. The guy that gave speeches, sat on boards and started his entire political career in the home of unrepentant terrorists. OK, I lived through that. You'll survive, Donald Trump. Get over yourselves. We should raise, and I'm getting certainly getting emails about it, which is uh, there probably is a strong sentiment about not having a woman president. And that is something that we've never had a woman president. Oh, my god! And we've talked about excitement among women to have a woman president. Oh, all right. But uh, there's, there's no. always in these situations at least equal amounts. Does it really matter what sexual what your sex is to be president no no but that's how crazy the left is i gotta tell you the most enjoyable part is listen to this this is great listen to the news media talking all night they did this for hours on tuesday night landslide 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 land maybe you should play the song landslide by fleetwood mac or the dixie chicks anyway go ahead a lot of people have no idea that Trump is headed for a historic defeat. That's why I think the larger the defeat, in a sense, the healthier it will be for the Republican Party, at least if it doesn't bring exactly. Paul Ryan's speakership down with him and there's a kind of healthy, divided government, because it might be a wake-up call to those Republicans who have existed in this little thought bubble of their own that uh, this isn't a winning form of politics. Um, then this election, uh, not only does Florida fall to Hillary Clinton, but this election overall, um, I could you know we, we could be talking landslide and so um, hillary clinton today is more likely to win in a landslide that would not only have an impact on this race but realign the country politically to some extent that donald trump is to win narrowly or at all is i mean let's say it is a four-point margin that would translate to an electoral majority and probably electoral landslide for hillary clinton so margin of error they mean margin of error this could be tight or it could be a landslide for Hillary. Okay, so everybody is saying, most analysts are saying that Hillary Clinton's going to win in a landslide and that Ohio won't much matter this time around. Yeah. Do you you know, they, they if this collapse of support among women that you talked about in Senate, if that spreads among women voters all across the country, he's going to lose by a landslide and, and they could lose the Senate and the House. GOP officials now fear that if Donald Trump loses by a landslide, he could take down their congressional majorities with him.
not only am I concerned about the presidential race, I'm concerned about what the impact on down ballot races, including being uh, overly cautious just because I'm trying to be a little risk averse in my predictions, but I think that she's going to have a very good night. So the technical term for that, if Mm. she's anywhere near your prediction would be blowout. Landslide. Mm, I give a landslide. I don't know. I would say a landslide. I would say a landslide. My bad. That's a shellacking, actually. I think a landslide. We're going to go over the untold story about how just corrupt the news media is. We'll get to your calls here as well today. 800-941-SEAN. The stock market is soaring since Trump has won. Democrats vowing to wage a total war to save Obamacare. I'll give you the top 10 takeaways from the election uh, coming up. Will Hillary get a pardon from Obama? Uh, Newsweek forced to recall its Madam President issue. Angry Hillary supporters out in protesting in mass. They hung Trump in effigy. You've got illegal aliens vowing to defy a President Trump. Uh, Iran is saying, oh, no, 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 we can't go back on our deal. Oh, yes, we can. You got the Saudi prince now kissing, who Trump called a disgrace, kissing Trump's ass. That's interesting. And then you've got uh, how wrong the RNC autopsy report was and much more. All right, we'll get to all of that today, and we'll get to your calls, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to join us. You got any other crazy liberal leftist tape that we haven't played yet, Jason? What do we got on our list today? Anything else? understand the anger at Donald Trump. A lot of people don't understand some of the things he said have been very offensive. Who was it that you voted for, if you don't mind, I ask? Well, I was a Sanders supporter. You were a Sanders um, supporter. But I did vote for Clinton. You so. did vote for Hillary Clinton. Yes. You know, I mean, Hillary Clinton had her own... Hey, Rob, uh, let know, me ask you a question. A lot of baggage there, too, right? And, 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 yeah, and hang on. Absolutely, but I, I feel that... Tell me what politician has never had any kind of baggage. I mean, come That's on. What politician? And, and Sean here wants to ask right. a question. Sean, yeah, go Rob, ahead. Rob, I, I want to... All right, she voted for Hillary. Name three specific accomplishments of Hillary in her career that helped the American people. Okay, Sean wants to know, what are the accomplishments that you saw of Hillary Clinton over the 30 years or so she was in office that actually helped Trump, the American Trump people. Supporters. Well, when I was when I was a child, I was actually one of the people that benefited benefit from her uh, health care plan. So as a child, I was on that. I her health care plan and, never um, passed. I, yeah, I, 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 ben, I actually received health care from it never passed. her initiative. So okay. I think that was something that was really beneficial to All me. Right. And I just, I don't know. I don't see her as the Zemanized person. I, the only thing I can think was she talking about the SHIP program. I don't know what, I, have, I assume she was talking about Hillary care 
Anyway, you might want to pay very close attention if you're a liberal out of work. Uh, Washington Can is the state's oldest, largest grassroots nonprofit. We've been organizing and winning on the local and national level for over 35 years. Why haven't I ever heard of them? On issues such as racial, social, economic, justice, health care, immigration reform, tax fairness, a living wage for all workers. We're looking for motivated individuals who are seeking full-time, part-time, permanent positions. Our paid training program is the best around. We're going to teach you the skills you need to succeed. The combined experience of our management team is over 50 years at Washington Ken. Now, you will work at our home office in Seattle. You'll be regularly meeting with our organizers, lobbyists, executive director. You'll have a real sense of being directly involved in our work. We provide benefits in medical, dental, vision, 401K, paid vacation, paid sick days, holidays, leave of absence. Advancement and travel opportunities are available as well. Staff average pay is 15 to 20 bucks an hour. I could be a full-time ACORN activist and get paid. And as Benny's, too. Pretty amazing. How could the media, the pundits, the polls, the politicians, the press be so wrong? How did they do so badly? And by the way, why did nobody report that Donald Trump did so well with Hispanics and women and black Americans? For example, Donald Trump got 13 percent of the black male vote in this country. Mitt Romney got seven. I mean, I just does anybody, you know, his his vow to restore America to greatness. Well, what happened to all of this? I, you know, where was the the Hillary supporters? I mean, I just think the funniest thing I've ever heard of all these reporters that it's a landslide. It's a landslide, 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 landslide. I wonder if this is going to be the end of the Clintons. Do they go away? I mean, they tried and I didn't discuss this yesterday. I thought for a minute. Here we go. Here's John Podesta. She doesn't want to concede. They're not. They're going to be in this. Here come the lawyers. But it was so overwhelming. They couldn't do it. Anyway, the stock market's doing fine. The Democrats now, uh, even though Trump had a huge electoral advantage, 279 and 228 as of now, uh, they quote to wage total war to save the president's collapsing health care program. Democrats on Capitol Hill, according to Politico, are preparing to make a fight for Obamacare, their top priority in the opening days of the Trump administration. Well, they don't have the votes. So how are they going to stop it? We've got the battle of our lifetime ahead of us, said Ron Pollack, executive director of advocacy for Group Families USA. And he said that after Donald Trump was elected on a pledge to repeal Obamacare, which now the law covers 22 million, we're going to have a huge number of organizations from across the country that participate. Uh, It was a good article, I thought, on Breitbart about Virgil wrote this piece. You know, it's. He compared it to 1828 all over again. And he did point out 1980, 19, uh, 1994, there are parallels there. And uh, he thinks back when the challenger was Andrew Jackson immobilizing a, an invisible coalition, voters from frontier states at that time as Illinois and Missouri against the incumbent president, John Quincy Adams, and Jackson's uh, populist rebellion, you know, it was called the Revolt of the rustics swept him into the white house and without a doubt i mean a lot of things happened here that i don't think a lot of people are paying attention to or really fully completely understand what happened in all of this
You know, but he does make some good points. America doesn't like dynasties. I think that is one of the best things. I think also the conservative movement is not run by National Review and the Weekly Standard as they think they they run things. I think Brexit did come to America, and that is, you know what? People are fed up. I think my analysis, it really has to do with the forgotten man. I stick with my analysis. This is the forgotten man election. And that guy, that man, that woman that sees their jobs going away in their country and a precipitous decline and government promises aren't working like Obamacare and record debt and deficits and stupid policies, everything from not building the Keystone Pipeline, not being energy independent, failing public schools, failing Obamacare, record deficits, you know, the Iranian deal, what they did in Iraq and Syria. You know, it's amazing. And I got to tell you, these polls aren't worth the paper they're printed on. You know, middle Americans now said we want we want our country back. You know, Wall Street took it on the chin pretty good, although they're optimistic, I guess, about a Trump presidency. And I think finally people realize that that Barack Obama, they've picked up that he is a failure. And I will not for the rest of the year be mentioning the statistics that brought Donald Trump to, te- to power. But there was a method to my madness. I wanted everybody to know how bad things were. I wanted to know how how badly his policies failed. On top of the debt that put everyone in poverty and on food stamps and out of the employment lines. You know, the Republican establishment, by every account, they better get in line or get out of the way because they're useless. And for all the talk about a Republican civil war, look at the Democratic civil war. You got to love, too, when the news media, Newsweek is forced to recall its Madam President issue. You got to love that. And angry Hillary supporters protesting like they are. That's pretty good. They actually had an incident where Hillary supporters were hanging Trump in effigy. Trump and Pence should definitely be assassinated. It's all over the social media sites of all these leftists. Um, you got illegal immigrants de- vowing to defy President Trump. Good luck with that strategy, because I don't think it's going to work. Because I think the first thing Trump's going to do is get rid of all these executive actions of Obama with the sweep of a pen. There's going to be improvement in 24 hours that will have a profound impact on the country. You know, uh, I don't know if at this meeting I haven't talked to Trump, but I wonder if Obama tried to plea with Trump to keep Obamacare his signature law. Uh, Iran is is saying, well, now, wait a minute. You know, we you don't have the right to break our deal. I don't think Donald Trump cares about the deal that Hillary and Obama made. You know, I guess they'll keep the money the ransom money that Obama and Hillary gave him. But short of that, I don't see that they have a, a prayer. The IAEA points out that Iran once again has exceeded the nuclear deal agreement. You break the deal, guess what happens? Deal's off the table. The Saudi prince, uh, Alawid, Awalid bin Talal, slammed Donald Trump for proposing a ban on Muslim immigrants into the U.S., and He called Donald Trump a disgrace for his popular position. At real Donald Trump, you're a disgrace not only to the GOP, but to all America. Withdraw from the U.S. presidential races. You will never win. Well, Trump tweeted the guy back. Saudi Arabia taking any Syrian refugees? If not, why not? He ought to to start tweeting back. Uh, By the way, why do you treat women so horribly? Why does your country kill gays and lesbians? And I'm willing to build a temple and a a Christian church in your country if you'll allow it. Oh, that's right. It's illegal. 
Well, anyway, so the Saudi Arabia has banned Syrian immigrants into the country. Isn't that interesting? Saudi Arabia doesn't want them. But America has to take them in. Anyway, the prince now is kissing Trump's ring. President-elect at real Donald Trump, whatever the past differences, America has spoken. Congratulations. Best wishes for your presidency. It's amazing. You know the RNC autopsy? Remember that? They said amnesty was the only path to victory. No. That didn't work out well either. Uh, Pundits, politicians that were out there insisting Trump can't win a general election. Let's see. President Obama said it. Karl Rove said it. Jorge Ramos said it. Bob Schieffer said it. Krauthammer said it. Penny Nance said it. Ted Cruz said it. Well, Ted Cruz, in fairness, Ted Cruz, is he deserves a lot of props. Ted Cruz kept his promise, and I appreciate that he kept his promise. And all these other people, John Kasich, you know, what good is, you know, you want to run for president again one day? I mean, how could anyone believe anything you say? You said you'd support the nominee. But it turns out Trump didn't need your support anyway. Same thing with Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, was his word isn't worth the paper it's printed on. Now, Rand Paul and Marco and I'll tell you who was really great for Trump was Governor Rick Perry. Governor Rick Perry went all in. In the end, Carly Fiorina turned around. I give her a lot of credit. It was hard, I think, particularly for Senator Cruz and Carly Fiorina. And they kept their word. I respect them. And I know for them in particular, because it, was, it got particularly nasty at, at that point in the primary between Senator Cruz, who I have a lot of respect for, and Donald Trump, they were going at it. And, you know, that's the politics is an ugly business. The liberal media just lost their minds. You got the front page of the Huffington Post. They're out there saying morning, spelling M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G in America. Nightmare. President Trump, America elected a man who said, beep, beep, the first female president party ends in tears. Don't you someday want to see a woman president of the United States of America? All right. That is the last time you are ever going to play that on this program. Don't play it again. (laughs) Don't play that again either. Take all, you know, don't play that again either. No more Hillary cuts. We're done. She lost. <laughs> Salon had a meltdown, a front page article, a nation gone wrong. You know, white won. I mean, these people have lost their mind. The Daily Beast, you know, they uh, immediately promised to stand up to President Trump. I don't even, what is Jezebel? Is that a website? Leftist website? In their editorial, they said the United States has elected Donald Trump, a 70-year-old tangerine Superfund site, and a menace to uh, peace, stability, and dignity of the country and the future of the free world as its commander-in-chief. Mother Jones writers seem flabbergasted that anyone would vote for a man over a woman. Hate Trump's history. A reality TV star wins the White House in a broken America. And gosh, the people at MSNBC have lost their minds. They're just, they're just, they've lost it. Eugene Robinson, basically, you know, saying that, oh, it's given license to racists and this and that. I saw, I saw that myself the other night. Something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. Um, what are we going to do about CNN? 
giving questions to Hillary. What are we going to do about CNN requesting questions for Trump, Cruz, Fiorina from the DNC? What are we going to do about George Stephanopoulos, Clinton Foundation donor? What are we going to do about the New York Times and Politico that allowed Hillary access to their articles to to edit them? What are we going to do about John Harwood, you know, asking for questions for Jeb Bush, John Harwood bragging he went after Donald Trump, offering advice to the Hillary campaign? What are we going to do, MSNBC, taking direct questions that their hosts are asking Hillary Clinton? Unbelievable. What are we going to do about a, a abusively biased media that is so fundamentally corrupt? Anyway, that we'll be debating in the days to come. Peter Schweitzer, he had a big role in this campaign. He wrote the book Clinton Cash. Now, if Donald Trump's elected, he's vowed now to go after Hillary and investigate the email server scandal, laws that are broken, the Clinton Foundation scandal. I wonder if Donald, uh, if uh, Barack Obama is going to end up giving a blanket pardon because she doesn't have specific charges to Hillary Clinton, and even if she can do it. Well, I just had uh, the opportunity to have an excellent conversation with President-elect Trump. Uh, it was wide-ranging. We talked about some of the organizational issues uh, in setting up a White House. We talked about foreign policy. We talked about domestic policy. Uh, and as I said last night, my number one priority in the coming two months is to try to facilitate a transition that ensures our president-elect is successful. Uh, and I have been very encouraged by the, uh, I think, interest in President-elect president uh, Trump's uh, wanting to work with my team around uh, many of the issues that this great country faces. And uh, I believe that it is important for all of us, regardless of party, uh, and regardless of political preferences, uh, to now come together, work together, to deal with uh, the many challenges that we face. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, Michelle has had a chance to uh, greet the incoming First Lady, and uh, we had uh, an excellent uh, conversation with her as well, and we want to make sure that they feel welcome uh, as they prepare uh, to make this transition. And most of all, uh, I want to uh, emphasize to you, uh, Mr. President-elect, that uh, you know, we now are going to uh, want to do everything we can to help you succeed, because if you succeed, then the country succeeds. Well, thank you very much, President Obama. Uh, this was a meeting that was going to last for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, and uh, we were just going to get to know each other. We had never met each other. Uh, I have great respect. Uh, the meeting lasted for almost an hour and a half. And it could have, as far as I'm concerned, it could, could have gone on for a lot longer. We really, um, we discussed a lot of different situations, some wonderful and some difficulties. Um, I very much look forward to dealing with the president in the future, including counsel. Uh, he's, uh, Explain some of the difficulties, some of the the high-flying assets, and some of the some of the really great things that have been achieved. 
so, Mr. President, it was a great honor being with you, and I look forward to being with you many, many more times in the future. Thank you, sir. Wow. As the uh, Obama-Hillary-loving media, I'm sure they were eating that moment up. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, right down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. It's 800-941-SEAN. If you want to join us, one of the things that we're going to have to watch as President Obama leaves the Oval Office, executive orders, pardons, midnight regulations, which are expected to be extremely numerous. It's going to take a lot of vigilance on the part of government watchdog groups to pay very close attention attention to what this president does. Another outstanding question is Donald Trump may appoint Rudy Giuliani to be the attorney general. And Donald Trump has promised that Hillary Clinton, there will not be two sets of laws, one for the rest of us and one for the Clintons. And that means that the Clinton email server scandal, the Clinton Foundation scandal goes on. But will Obama offer Hillary and Bill Clinton a pardon? Peter Schweitzer is uh, the author of the New York Times bestseller, Clinton Cash. It played an, a very integral part in this election this year and he joins us now and i've got to believe that barack obama has to be considering what is he going to do on the way out the door as it relates to the clintons what do you think well i think you're right sean you know presidents traditionally at the end of their term either pass a lot of executive orders new regulations they couldn't get through congress or they issue a lot of pardons most famously bill clinton with the pardoning of mark rich on his last day i think the challenge here for barack obama is you really can't pardon somebody unless they've been charged with a specific crime. You can't you can't give them sort of, you know, in the future pardon from criminal activity. So unless Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton were actually charged with something, which I don't think they will by the end of January, it's going to be very hard for him to provide them any sort of legal insulation. So there's nothing really without a specific charge that Obama would be able to do. Yes, that's right. So he um, couldn't give a blanket pardon for any and all crimes that may have been committed during her tenure and thereafter as Secretary of State. Traditionally, that has not been done. It doesn't mean Barack Obama couldn't try to do that, but I think that would be challenged. The constitutionality of that would be challenged. Um, you know, look, I think the bottom line, Sean, you and I have talked about this many times. The issue with Hillary Clinton was not ultimately about Hillary Clinton or about politics. It's about the rule of law. And I think anything that's done to say that, well, we're not going to pursue this case against Hillary or we're going to pardon her really undermines the integrity of of our legal system. I think the investigation should proceed. The FBI will make a recommendation to a new Justice Department, and they will decide about proceeding on a legal case. Anything short of that, you're really back to where we were before, which is a different set of rules for the Clintons than for anyone else. Well, I think the message of 2016, I think this was a big part of the narrative against Hillary Clinton, and I think it stuck with the American people, and exit polls bear this out, is that the American people are fed up with politicians that are only concerned about themselves and a corrupt swamp. Trump kept saying drain the swamp and cronyism and self-enrichment and these rackets that they had. I mean, the Clintons, uh, all their their entire public life have sold out either the Lincoln bedroom or, you know, the office of the Secretary of State. It's disgusting. Yeah, well, and l listen, Sean, that's a hugely important issue um, because, you know, Donald Trump pushed a lot of important issues. He talked about bad trade deals. He talked about how immigrants 
immigration policy was distorted. But I think perhaps the most important thing he pushed was political reform, which is draining the swamp. I think the reason we got terrible trade deals, the reason we have immigration policy and chaos, is precisely because we have a corrupted political system. So when he called for draining the swamp with term limits, lifetime bans on lobbying, and a whole host of other reforms, that to me is sort of the heart of the beast. Everything else is a symptom of this corrupt political culture that when you put this garbage in, you get garbage legislation and policies out. So that, I think, should be the priority for Trump, is massive political reform in Washington. What do you make of this divide between urban America, America's biggest cities being so liberal, and then the rest of the country? When you look at that map and you see how red that map really is, even in states that Hillary won. Yeah, it's it's pretty shocking uh, when you see the divide between the two. I think part of it is people that live in cities probably tend to be more politically liberal, but I also have a theory, Sean, that, you know, you've lived in, in around New York City for a long time in that area, and I've lived in Washington, D.C. area. When you're in a big city, you almost kind of get used to the corruption. You get used to the inefficiency. You get used to waiting at the DMV for hour upon hour. You get used to the stories of building inspectors getting paid off. You get used to corrupt unions. So I think part of the challenge is in these big cities, they've built up a tolerance. Uh, they've kind of you know, accepted that this is the way that government has to be, whereas in rural America, government tends to be closer to the people, and they just don't want to tolerate that stuff more at a local level. When you look at what's happening around the world in terms of immigration and refugees, that also had to play a very big part, that Americans are recognizing our borders are insecure, that we don't have the capacity, nor should we take the risk and, and not listen to Clapper, Comey, Brennan, McCall, Steinbeck, and General Allen that says ISIS will infiltrate the refugee population. This seems to be a very, it seems to be a very big part of of, of Donald Trump's electoral success. Well, I, I think you're right, Sean, and I think at a, at a very emotional level, um, you know, one of the things that I found so moving in the campaign, you probably remember, what was it, maybe a week or two ago, uh, you had that homeless uh, a person that was sort of on Donald Trump's Hollywood uh, a star in, in California and was kind of guarding it and was kind of being taunted. And here's this homeless person, and what are they saying? They're saying, we have homeless in America, take care of the homeless first. You know, who can argue with that? Who can say that that's inhumane? And I think that resonates with a lot of people. If, if we truly do believe that as a nation, we are one, that we're in, in, in a way kind of a, you know, loosely a, a, a large family, we take care of family first before we take care of the neighbor across the street. It doesn't mean we don't take care of the neighbor at some point and in some way, but we take care of family first. And I think that resonated in a major way, and I think it's one of the reasons that you saw uh, the African-American community vote in higher numbers for Donald Trump, and he also did well with the Latino community in ways that people didn't expect, because that kind of message and that kind of theme resonates with people. Yeah, I think so. You know, also James Comey's behavior in all of this as it relates to the email server scandal, you know, go back six months ago, he wouldn't even acknowledge, nor has he ever officially acknowledged, that there's a Clinton Foundation investigation ongoing, and I've got to believe
believe there is. And as a matter of fact, I think you can shed some light on this personally that you have been interviewed by the FBI about it. Yes, I have. I've also talked with senior former FBI officials who are aware of the situation. Um, And yes, there is an ongoing Clinton Foundation investigation. And I think perhaps it's likely that with a new Department of Justice, you know, some of those search warrants, some of the other tools that they have asked for for quite a while, that the Obama Justice Department turned them down, uh, that FBI field agents will get those tools. You look, Sean, we've talked about this several times, and I think we both agree. The issue is about more than the Clintons, because if you give politicians of any political party, any stripe, the opportunity to get rich through public service by setting up a foundation, by putting their spouse on the lecture circuit, it's going to be imitated. So the Clintons are going to come, and they are now going from the national stage. But if we don't deal with this mess, we are going to have other politicians setting up foundations, taking foreign money, putting their spouse on the lecture circuit, and getting filthy rich from public service. And we can't complain about it because we never dealt with it when it first occurred, which was in the form of the Clinton Foundation and what Bill and Hillary were doing. What do you think is the worst example of corruption? Is it the Uranium One deal where we turned over and Hillary Clinton had received and the Clinton Foundation had received all of this money? First, the initial, I guess, investment or the initial donation, $31 million. Then friends of this guy also gave millions of dollars. And then there was Uranium One. And then there was the merger issues. And then Vladimir Putin was going to get 20% of our uranium assets. And Hillary Clinton personally had to sign off on it. And the very people that had donated those tens of millions went to her and she went along with it. I mean, is there any other example of pay to play or quid pro quo than that? Yeah, I think I think the two that stick out to me the most are in a way kind of polar opposites. First, you have the Uranium One deal where uh, you know Hillary Clinton's State Department signs off on giving twenty percent of all of our uranium to a, to the Russian government, and her foundation gets one hundred and forty five million dollars from nine shareholders that make money in that deal. So you've got that one just on national security and corruption grounds. The other one, Sean, is as we talked about when the book came out last year is Haiti. You know, here was a circumstance where you have this tragic earthquake and you had hundreds of thousands of people die. All these buildings are decimated. And you would think if they were not going to corrupt some process, if they were not going to cash in on one thing, it would be humanitarian relief and rebuilding a country like Haiti, which has suffered so much. And yet they seemingly couldn't help themselves. And we now know that if you wanted reconstruction contracts from the State Department, you know, we have emails on this. You know, is this contractor an FOB, a friend of Bill? If they are, they get in line and get a contract. If they're not, they get sent to an innocuous work uh, website. So there's no merit here. It's all about insider uh, corruption and cronyism. And to me, that's unconscionable, that you would take a suffering country where we are pouring billions of dollars into, and you are using that to profit yourself and your foundation and your friends. That, to me, is just reprehensible. So reprehensible. And they did have those friends of Bill list. They had foundation donor lists. And the whole idea was they would profit off the rebuilding of Haiti with donations and money from donations. They'd be the contractors. And then after they made money, they'd be able to funnel it back to the Clinton Foundation.
situation. I mean, I agree. That was way, way. I mean, that is by definition pay to play. That's it. Uh, all right. Uh, great job. I'm sure you're feeling good that you've had such a profound impact on this election, right? Well, I'm, I'm glad that the truth got out. And I think that when you look at the survey results, people at the end of the day decided either not to vote for Hillary Clinton or because they didn't like either candidate, they decided not to vote. But I think the truth of the Clintons has finally come out. And look, we've still got a strong battle for corruption in Washington. I think that's what Donald Trump wants to fight for. I think you've got people that, that want to deal with it. That's the next battle. So, you know, the fight goes on. But yes, feeling feeling very pleased that uh, the American people have, have, have woken up to this. Uh, I'm telling you, I hope he follows through on the points that he made in Gettysburg and has drained the swamp speech. All right. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Peter Schweitzer, 800-941-SHAWN, toll-free telephone number. We'll get to your calls next. News Roundup Information Overload at the top of the hour. We got a full load on Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel, including Donald Trump and Obama meeting earlier today. All right, 24-7-365, at Sean Hannity on Twitter. The Forgotten Man election. Now it's about rolling up sleeves and getting the job done. You know, speaking, if you're in business, and we're going to get to your calls here in a minute, 800 one Sean, you want to be a part of the program. So the year's beginning to wind down, and, you know, did you accomplish everything you set out to do this year? Let's see, Donald Trump president, check. Yes, okay, there's a big one. Um, but if the answer is no, well, our friends at LegalZoom.com can help you. Now, say you'd like to get, finally, your dream business off the ground. Should you incorporate, form an LLC? Uh, maybe you have a great product, a new invention, but you have no idea how to protect your intellectual property. Wouldn't it be great to have an attorney you can trust guide you along the way without breaking your bank account? You know, expensive legal fees and questions, they shouldn't stand between you and making your dreams a reality. That's why LegalZoom was created, to provide you a way to confidently navigate the very complicated legal system. They have upfront pricing, complete transparency. They have now an independent network of attorneys in 48 states. They won't charge by the hour because they're not a law firm. Anyway... Whatever your legal issues are, just go to LegalZoom.com, put my last name, Hannity, in the referral box when you check out, and you'll save more. LegalZoom.com. All right, let me go to our busy telephones here. Diane is in Thousand Oaks out in California. Diane, oh, I see that your state, you have people that want to secede, and I'm all in favor. If that's what the people of California want, if they want to leave the United States, I guess it's okay. I will put up with it, and... We'll be 55. No, no, no. We cannot stop fighting, Sean. And that's why I'm calling you. We, it's critical that we stand our ground. And also, we've got to call out the Republicans. I know you said that you didn't want to go there, but we've got to go there. It's not time to take the high ground. And yeah, we got to keep the pressure on the press, but... They're not the ones who created this mess. They don't pass and repeal legislation, right? The Republicans created this mess, and then they let themselves and us get blamed for it. You know, Obama and the Democrats, they dominated the message and the microphone and then demoralized us every day with it. Listen, let me, let me, answer, let me answer your question this way. And what I was saying is... And there were a lot of Republicans that were in this list. And then you had your NROs and your Bill Crystals and your Weekly Standards yeah. and some radio hosts and TV personalities. I mean, they're all out there. You know who they are. 
I think yeah. my, my biggest disappointment probably are the presidential candidates like Lindsey Graham and Jeb Bush and John Kasich. And, you know, you have a whole group of Mitt Romney and, and all these other folks out there. They did everything they could possibly do to sabotage Trump's run. And what I never understood about it is and, and I, you don't like his style. You don't like, you know, whatever. Uh, you think he's, you know, to New York. He says bad words. All right. I understand it may not. He, nobody's perfect. But I never understood why they didn't look at that list of Supreme Court justices that he would appoint. I never understood it and say this because is going to this is going to impact our country for generations. These are good people. I never understood why they didn't look at the people around Trump and gain confidence in in people like Rudy Giuliani and, and Newt and, and others and Senator Sessions and Ben Carson. And he has surrounded himself and Kellyanne, all these great people that are around him. He's not going to be in a bubble. And, and General Flynn, he's got good advisors around him. He's got good people. No president can govern the entire country by, by themselves. Yeah, it's, it's true. But they're bullies and they're elitists. And yes. now... We've won the majority, and they're going to expect instant results. And so that's why we got to be just as... Well, let me, let, me, let me manage your expectations now. You know, next year's economy is going to be Obama's economy. I'm hoping the Republicans, when they take office in January, that they begin the process of righting the ship and putting in place the pieces that we know will result in economic growth. There's always a lagging indicator you put tax cuts in effect, it's going to take two years at least before no, you see the, the impact. Right, you know, we become you're energy. Right. We set out a, a, to be energy independent. OK, that that's going to take a number of years to build up the infrastructure to make it a reality. If you say you're going to build a wall, it's going to take more than money. It's going to take manpower and it's going to take architects and they're going to have to design it and they're going to have to get it right. And then you have to build the darn thing. So I think all of that's going to happen. And look, I said this last night, any of these Republicans that you if, if you're going to do what you did with Obama and you're not going to have political courage, get out of the way, because this is not going to be a time for the faint hearted. This is going to be a time for them to advance very bold, dynamic solutions to get the country on a better track and a better trajectory. And if they don't have the strength, if they're too timid, if they're too weak, if they're too concerned about their own power, not about people that have been forgotten, then I have no use for them and they can they can go by the wayside. If they want to join in late and they want to really solve America's problems and they are willing to embrace a bold, dynamic agenda, then jump on board. Otherwise, get out of the way. And that goes for Democrats, too. I don't really have a lot of patience for them. But you're right. The Republicans that have been weak and wouldn't use their enumerated constitutional powers, they have let us down. And I blame them more than I blame the Democrats because we know how they're going to govern. We know what they want to do. And I guarantee you all the nicety, nicety, nice that you saw in the president barely saying nice words to Donald Trump and Hillary's little speech yesterday and Nancy Pelosi saying, well, I'll work with them when I can. They're going to try and do everything they can do to help him to make him fail. 
And it's really, I actually wrote this on Twitter earlier today, Trump's going to need his supporters more than ever in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead. Because if he can't motivate the people to help him finish the job, it's not going to get done. And it might be our last chance. There's an opportunity here to really, really hit the reset button and get America on the right course and but it's it's got to be big it's got to be bold it's got to be dramatic it will be controversial and you just got to get it done uh john in altoona pa john hi how are you what's going on great sean how about yourself i'm good sir what's happening well i just uh, wanted to call and say that uh, there was a woman won the uh, presidential election the other day kellyanne conway Without her, I don't think that Trump would be, uh, that we'd be calling him President-elect Trump right now. And, uh, you know, Trump is going to surround himself with people like Kellyanne Conway, confident and smart, well-speaking, and uh, just really on top of things. And this is what is is going to make Trump's presidency great. And isn't it surprising you haven't heard one word from the Democrats uh, praising a woman uh, helping Trump to win. Look, Kellyanne was a rock star, and you know I talked to her often throughout the process, interviewed her often throughout the process, and I don't think Kellyanne slept, you know, more than three hours for the last month. And I've got to believe she's pretty wiped out. She put her heart and soul into it. I think she was a very, very positive influence on Donald Trump. They connected well together. They worked well together. She, uh, she, she was one of the rock stars here. There's no doubt. But he had a great team all the way around. And I thought a lot I of agree. people. He, by the way, even going back, the contributions of Corey Lewandowski early, the contributions of Paul Manafort, uh, Steve Bannon from Breitbart, all these guys. And then he had a terrific speechwriter by the name of, of Steve Miller, then another guy, Jason Miller. And they had great advocates on the air like A.J. Delgado. I mean, there's wonderful people out there that, went all in and 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 fought hard for him. I think Mike Pence did a phenomenal job as a a VP as a partner. And I thought that went really really well. Anyway, so Trump was in yeah. DC today. He met with the president and then they met with Speaker Ryan. We'll see how that goes. All right, back to our phones. Uh let us say hi to Chrissy in Texas. Chrissy, hi. How are you? Welcome to the Sean Hannity show. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. What's happening? I have a, just a little quick comment on how I'm so excited, obviously, that Trump is president-elect. And um, thank God Obamacare will ultimately be repealed because when it first came out, we're self-employed, my husband and I, and um, always had the same policy for 10 years. We bought it, PPO, fabulous, good rate, whatever. And um, then I was forced to get Obamacare. Um, had it for about three months, and went to go pay my bills, and I had negative 14 cents in my account. The woman who worked for the company that was the number one preferred vendor on their site had stolen my identity. She made a fake PayPal account with a fake email address using my social, my banking information. She also took all the premiums that I had paid, quote-unquote, automatically, and gave them to herself. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Listen, this is called identity theft. It's America's fastest-growing crime. I keep telling everybody, lifelock.com, it's, it's relatively inexpensive, but they inform you as soon as they pick up something's happening, and then they fix the problem. Uh, and we e- did that 
Yeah, immediately you, afterwards. Yeah, no, they actually, even if you are a victim, they'll come in later and fix it, but it's much easier if they're there ahead of time. Oh, of course, but I never thought that the pervert vendor on yeah, I know, right? the federal U.S. And we went as far, we contacted a lawyer, and I, they said, call the Department of Justice. They basically told me to go get bent. Um, there's wow. nothing we can do for you. Um, I called, the, I know she was in Los Angeles. I called police officers there. I had her name and uh, email address. I had her private phone number because there were three hours that it took us to set up my policy. Right. Um, she was asking me how to start a small business and things like that. I was giving her personal information about how to make herself better. Um, and ultimately, obviously. Was it her that did it or did she sell that information? Her, and the reason I know it was her is because on my health card, uh, they had given us Humana or whatever, and on our health card, my name repeatedly kept getting spelled wrong, very incorrectly. And I said, my children and my husband are able to go to the doctor, but not me. Right. Because it's, and they also had me as a 42-year-old male. I'm a 40-year-old female. Yeah. And so, you know, and I kept begging, begging, calling, calling. All of a sudden, the 1-800 number, well, guess what? Her extension no longer exists. Called the company. Um, well, we had to let her go. And I said, did you have any issues? you know, like this, they said, please have your lawyer contact us, wouldn't tell me anything. Um, and then the fake email account and yep. she set up with was with that falsely. Well, listen, let, let me just say one thing. This is identity theft. It's America's fastest growing crime. One of our sponsors is lifelock.com and they'll help you and they'll fix it for you. But it's it's something you'd rather get notified before it all goes down, because cleaning it up is a nightmare. Uh, hang in there, Chrissy. And you know what? Look, healthy. L- let me give you an example. I've always said that everybody's going to get spiraled into Obamacare. And that's exactly what happened. And look at all the states. Everyone's options now are limited. The prices are exorbitant. You have no choice. You got you, you lost your plan. You lost your doctor and you're all paying a lot more money. Here's the best part. Let's say you are between 18 and 34 or 35, and you're relatively healthy, you're active, you know, barring any catastrophe, you know, cancer, an early heart attack, highly unlikely, odds, uh, speaking of the odds, um, an accident, you could probably get by with a catastrophic plan that is relatively inexpensive and a high deductible, and your monthly payment's going to be pretty low because you're not going to be you know, you, you'll pay the out-of-pocket money if you break your arm. You'll pay the out-of-pocket money if you sprain your ankle. So that's there's all sorts of great options based on your life, your lifestyle, the, the degree of protection you think you need um, that are available and that will be available. And if you can buy insurance and in Alabama because they're now going to be allowed to compete across state lines and you live in an expensive city, and if you're able to buy a... A, a policy that you can take job to job portability I mean, it's going to be such a great improvement you pick the doctor you pick the plan you pick the care that works for you maybe you want a plan that is really relevant in your community you know we have that guy in wichita kansas he I mean he set a cooperative up and and people love it and they're all saving money and they all get their their medicines for next to nothing
Anyway, 800-941-SHAWN. A lot of people have no idea that Trump is headed for a historic defeat. That's why I think the larger the defeat, in a sense, the healthier it will be for the Republican Party, at least if it doesn't bring exactly. Paul Ryan's speakership down with him and there's a kind of healthy, divided government, because it might be a wake-up call to those Republicans who have existed in this little thought bubble of their own that uh, this isn't a winning form of politics. Um, then this election, uh, not only does Florida fall to Hillary Clinton, but this election overall, um, I could, you know, we, we could be talking landslide. And so um, Hillary Clinton today is more likely to win in a landslide that would not only have an impact on this race, but realign the country politically to some extent that Donald Trump is to win narrowly or at all. It is. I mean, let's say it is a four point margin that would translate to an electoral majority and probably electoral landslide for Hillary Clinton. So margin of error, I mean, margin of error. This could be tight. Or it could be a landslide for Hillary. Okay, so everybody is saying, most analysts are saying that Hillary Clinton's going to win in a landslide and that Ohio won't much matter this time around. Yeah. Do you you know, it, 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 this collapse of support among women that you talked about, in Senator, if that spreads among women voters all across the country, he's going to lose by a landslide and, and they could lose the Senate and the House. GOP officials now fear that if Donald Trump loses by a landslide, he could take down the congressional majorities with him. Not only am I concerned about the presidential race, I'm concerned about what the impact on down ballot races, including being uh, overly cautious just because I'm trying to be a little risk averse in my predictions. But I think that she's going to have a very good night. So the technical term for that, if she's anywhere near your prediction, would be blowout. Landslide. Mm, mm. I give a landslide. I don't know. You call I, would that a say, landslide. I would say a landslide. <laughs> I would say a landslide. My that's bad. That's, that's oh, a little lacking, bad. actually. That's a yeah. Okay. So, probably like most people that are going to see. Well, maybe not, because given the result, maybe I really am different, and maybe a lot of people that I'm surrounded by think with open minds and open hearts like I do. And I do want to say that I've been very vocal for my support for everyone besides Donald Trump. Heavily supported Bernie, heavily supported Hillary. And I still think that in her lifetime she deserves to be the first female president. And that's what makes me so sad. Is that I just wish that she had that opportunity because she's fought for so long. And because I believe her when she says that she loves this country. This is all she's ever done. She's given her life to make it better. Happy hippies, we adjust and we accept everyone who they are and so donald trump i accept you and this hurts to say but i even accept you as the president of the united states and that's fine and president obama mr obama i want to say thank you for everything you've done in this past years <laughs> thank you hillary for inspiring all of us collectively everybody losing their mind news roundup and information overload the first montage was the mainstream liberal media buying the faulty exit polling and predicting again and again and again, even when reality was beginning to hit them in the face that, hang on, folks, Donald Trump's actually winning this election. Uh, they still were predicting up until the, what, 10, 11 o'clock hour that Hillary's going to win by a landslide. And then there was Miley Cyrus among the many left wing Hollywood actors, actresses, and, and musicians. And my offer stands. Anybody that said they wanted to leave the country if Donald Trump got elected, I'll, I'll pay their way out. We'll provide them with the, uh, the travel of which they've grown accustomed 
private travel and we'll put champagne and caviar, country of their choice, and they have to pledge not to come back. Anyway, joining us uh, is Jeffrey Lord. He's a former associate political director in the Reagan administration. He authored the best-selling book, What America Needs, The Case for Donald Trump. Danielle McLaughlin, attorney and constitutional expert. She co-wrote The Federalist Society's How Conservatives Took the Law Back from Liberals. D.C. McAllister, also with the Federalist, PJ Media, and uh, is an old friend of the program, and uh, welcome all of you back. Hello, Sean Hannity, and how are we on this fine uh, two days after the you election? Know, you know, <laughs> I'm watching you the other night. I'm flipping around, and there, you, there's Van Jones uh, losing his you-know-what. Was he crying on the set? No, but he was pretty upset, and he, he, he later apologized. Uh, he, he called uh, it a he, white lash? A white lash? Yes, yes, and we and we uh, I picked up on that the, the following night, and uh, I made it very plain. I said, "Look, the Democratic Party and the American left has at its core a culture of racism." And I know you don't like to hear it, but ever since you uh, your party was formed supporting slavery and then segregation, right on down now to uh, Black Lives Matter, everything is about race, and that's the way you see the world and you divide people into groups. And this is a victory tonight. Uh, for those of us who believe in America that's colorblind, as Dr. King used to say, where people are judged as individuals on the content of their character and not by their skin color. This is not going to stop, and this is not going away. You got Al Sharpton, we're not going down without a fight. Donald Trump needs to know that. You got all these anti-Trump protesters last night in New York, D.C., Chicago, California, and Boston you got Bay Area high schools staging walkouts to protest Trump wins. you got massive anti-Trump protests shutting down the 101 freeway in Los Angeles. And you got clashing now with cops in Oakland and elsewhere. Madonna and Cher out there with the crowds in New York City. You got a video of a mob beating a, a Trump voter. Would have been deemed racist by if it was... If the races were reversed, Twitter erupting in calls for assassination. I mean, it's really bad. California wanting to leave the U.S. now after Donald Trump's election. Google searches for how to impeach a president going up 5,000%. You got, you know, you got people have to die. Anti-Trump protesters calling for violence on on your network. Which, by the way, I think, by the way, you need to tell your boss over at CNN, Jeff, that it's very nice of them to give Hillary Clinton the answers before debates i'm sorry the questions and it's very nice of them to seek out questions from the dnc when they're interviewing republicans that's very kind of them <laughs> well suffice to say i think uh, the diner brazil episode uh, had an impact uh, i know they were very unhappy with that and very unhappy with uh, my friend donna whom i like uh, on a personal level a great deal but i know that there was great unhappiness with this and she mm -hmm. is no longer with the network yeah. I mean, I've never had anybody ask me for questions for Hillary Clinton. I wish they would. I have a list of them. D.C., what do you think? You know, not only do we have false expectations for a Hillary win being set up like we heard at the beginning, but really what we're seeing is the result of a complete caricature of Trump and his supporters. And this has been going on for a long time. I mean, this is what happens when you pit one group against another. This is what happens when you call someone a racist, Nazi, dictator, a threat to your freedom, someone who's the devil. I mean, this was done throughout the election and even before that for years against the right, against Republicans, against all of us. We're evil. We're out to take away your rights. We hate women. We hate blacks. We hate Latinos. We hate everybody. We are simply categorized, stigmatized, and labeled as something evil. And this is what's really dangerous. I mean, we look at what's going on across the country and the violence. And, you know, we can laugh about it, about their, their hypocrisy and all this kind of thing. But it's very 
dangerous. And this is the danger of social labeling and propagandizing. It leads to stigma. It leads to scapegoating. It leads to hauling in groups of people because they are dehumanized and they don't deserve to live. This is what happens. This is what's driving these kids on college campuses. They don't know truth. They only know propaganda. They don't see their fellow Republicans as fully integrated human beings. They see them as caricatures brought, up, brought to them by SNL. And, this mm-hmm. is the, and, and the, the response of that is a violent response. And it will, it will spread. And we need to be very serious and sober about this. Listen, I think it's going to get where I think the left is going to go off the hook. I think they're absolutely going to lose it. And I don't have any doubt about it. We've seen it happen before. And I think that you are going to see the wacky left, the base of the Democratic Party implode in the next couple of years. Danielle McLaughlin, maybe you'll be a part of the movement. I know you're probably very upset this day. It's like a death, Sean. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. It is, it's an emotional thing for many of us who believed in Hillary Clinton and, and did so in a very, very genuine and real way. Um, I, I want to pick up on DC's point because I think you're right this notion of caricatures. And I think it was done on both sides. Uh, Certainly Hillary Clinton, um, there were chants at Trump rallies, you know, burn the witch. Um, She was made into a caricature. It was done on both sides. No, they said that's not what was chanted. And if one or two people might have said things that were inappropriate, that's not Donald Trump's fault. Uh, Lock her up was chanted a lot because most of us are I mean, look, mishandling classified information is a crime. You know, destroying classified information is a crime. She committed crimes. Well, actually, Sean, she didn't commit any crimes. She yeah, never, actually, ever, she ever. did. And this is what DC was talking about. She, calling her a criminal is factually incorrect. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. But ja- I have James Comey admitting that she told lies and that she put classified material on 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 servers and on devices she shouldn't have. You know what? That is just... that is a crime. Whether they indict her or not is a different story. But you're not. Uh, it is one. I want are here and have any power or position to say whether one other person is a criminal or not. And I excuse me. Excuse me. I do want to get into it because Christian Saucier, whose mother was on this program and on my TV show crying, her son is in jail now for a year because he took six pictures inside a submarine for his own personal use, and they put him in jail. So you know what? It is a big deal if there's a two-tier justice system, one for the Clintons and one for the rest of us, D.C.? Well, I think you need to get, I, I understand what Danielle's saying. I mean, she's saying that, um, you know, it, it happens on both sides. Name-calling happens on both sides. I agree. Name-calling does happen. But what I'm talking about is something that is systemic and has been part of our culture since the 1960s of this labeling by the left. That is something that we ha- that has gotten into our psychology, our social psychology. It's not just about name-calling that you see on the internet with some trolls and, and at rallies. It isn't just part of this election this year that, like she's talking about. I'm talking about what the left has done to the social psychology of our nation through its culture, through pop culture, through Hollywood, through its education system for years, blanketing the minds of young people with nothing but propaganda and stigmatized labeling against the right, against the foundational principles, against you know anything that believes in objective truth. And now we have the result of that. We have dehumanization. We have groups pitted against groups. We have identity politics that have balkanized us to the point that we don't even see each other as human 
beings. And this is the kind of violence that comes out of it, and it is fault of the left. And I will not let that be, go down with just spreading the blame. You it go is, that, the you see, that, is, that is a great answer. Wow. That is, that is exactly right, Sean. I, I mean, I, it can't be better said than that. that I, I have called identity politics and this whole call, the so-called diversity and multiculturalism the new segregation. Uh, this is what it is. Divide people into groups and judge everybody by their group. Uh, and, and if you're old enough, and alas, I am, I remember as a junior high school student watching CBS News in 1964 when Barry Goldwater was about to be nominated and Dan Shore went on the air with a report that when Goldwater had been nominated and the convention was over, he was take, take, taking a vacation in Germany to stay at a home that once belonged to Adolf Hitler. Literally, this made the air. I mean, decades wow. later, Goldwater was still mad about that. Yeah. Well, this is what they do. The- we're all a bunch of Nazis and racists, etc., and it and, you know, we're not going to sit around and take it anymore. No, and Jeff, you'll remember the debate between um, Bill Buckley and uh, Gore Vidal. You remember when he was called a neo-Nazi by Vidal? And, and yes. Buckley was like, I, won't, I can't let this stand. He had a very vitriolic and very nasty response. Well, he used, yes, a, he yeah. he used a gay slur, he you did, know. But the whole point when, when Buckley went and re- wrote about that, he later said, I cannot let that stand. I cannot let that kind of labeling stand because it has broader implications to me as a conservative, and, and that's when the labeling began. The left has done it purposely. This is Alinsky-style type leftist propagandizing, and, and I know that we don't like the name-calling. I know that people have name-called Hillary Clinton all across the place, but when you look at SNL, you look at our pop culture, you look at our education system, where speech is silenced, where you can't speak out because you're, you're seen as a threat. You know, this is, we do not know what we're creating in our country, and it terrifies me for our future, and this is what I I want to make an appeal to the people on the left. Think about what you're doing when you divide people into groups and pit them against each other. I got to leave it there because we're we're just out of time. Uh, Danielle, we'll give you the final word. Go ahead. You know, I don't think any Democrat, any liberal wants to create to division or to disunity. And we think about the words that are, are the inscription on the empire, on the Statue of Liberty, speaking about people and speaking about the notion of this country as a great, diverse, place where we are accepting of one another and I can only speak personally as a Democrat and as an immigrant, someone who came here who has an accent, who came here with nothing and does believe in this American dream, that I think that we are stronger together literally and I will also work to make sure that we get past the rhetoric and past the name calling and past the divisions and we do work together to make each other's lives better. All right, thank you all for being with us. When we come back, we'll hit the phones toll free 800 941 Sean if you want to be a part of the program. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back get to your calls Hannity tonight at 10. We've got Laura Ingram is going to check in with us. Uh, who else we got on tonight? Let me just check. I have Oh, Rudy Giuliani's on tonight. Ryan's Previs is on tonight. Sheriff Clark, Judge Janine Pirro. All coming up in Ben Carson. 10 Eastern Hannity, the best post-election coverage. Hannity at 10.
time for a little pass it around, don't you think? Radio up. Fireball whiskey. Be careful. Feeling all right. Thursday night. That's how we're doing it around here. All right, 24 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. Is it now beginning to sink in? Little celebration time for some people, I'm sure. Uh, all right, Crazy Verlin in Chicago listening to us on The Answer. Verlin. Uh, what's going on, Sean? What's going on, man? Are you happy? Are you happy? Man, I, I'm, I'm overjoyed. I'm still celebrating. Let me tell you, I was at work when he won. Yeah. As soon as I got off work. I ran home, I put on my cat dancing shoes, I put on some Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling, and that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> Let me tell you, Sean, yeah. this was the man that we needed for this time, this time period. Let me tell you, the liberals play so dirty. Donald Trump took it on his head, he took the slings, he took the arrows, he got down in the mud and got dirty with them. He took that liberal playbook, the sexist, homophobe, bigot, racist, Threw it back in their face and he beat them at the own game. They tried to turn it back to page one with Machado and all the women. He beat them down again. This man is a fighter. That's why America stood up and in unison voted him in office because he will fight. He wasn't like McCain that once they said, oh, uh, you're a racist, he went on bended knee to the NAACP and begged for forgiveness. Or Romney had too much class. He wasn't going to get dirty like, like, like Donald Trump just did. That's the reason why Donald Trump is president today, because the, the people saw that he will fight for this country to, to, the, to the end, to his last dying breath. And I'm going to tell you something else, Sean. You had a lot to do with it, because you took it on the chin. You took it from, from your friends. You took it from other radio show hosts. You took a lot of crap, too. And he, you got a lot to do with this, too, so don't sell yourself short, man. You got a lot to do with this. And let me tell you, when it comes to television... You're the best. It was only one ray of light that I saw on TV, and that was your show. Everybody else was in the bag or halfway in the bag for Hillary Clinton, and I thank God for you, Sean. You know, Verlin, we disagreed for how many years over Obama? You, you supported Obama. Well, yes, I did, because you all know why? Because he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. He was veiled. He was veiled. You couldn't see it. The Clintons. All their, their, their treachery and all of their dirty dealings been on the table and in everybody's face for 30 years plus. So that means if you, if we would have voted, if this country would have voted Hillary Clinton into office, it wouldn't have been a damn excuse. Not at all. When you saw what that woman was about for 30 years, see, Obama tricked me, man. That's all I could do. I, 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 listen, man, I gotta throw myself on the table and accept your mercy, man. Obama tricked us. But Clinton, the Clintons couldn't trick. You know what you did? You, you fell for the law. You fell. You got caught up in the moment, the hope and change. And yes, yeah. we can. And Obama. <laughs> you know, listen, I, I get it. I saw it happening. I, look, I You talk about being alone on an island. There I was in 2007 and eight saying, don't trust this guy. Look, take a look at this. Take a look at this. Take a look at this. You know, look, I wish I was wrong about Obama. I mean, he did come in with hope and promise and the opportunity to do an incredible job. And, you know, he leaves now. Could you imagine how horrible he must have felt having to sit with Donald Trump, who he knows, who he knows is going to 
He is gonna hey. he's gonna roll the clock back and get rid of every bit of damage this guy did. It's gonna be great. I'm excited yeah. about it. All right. Listen, All Berlin, right, God bless you. We'll watch this together. It's gonna be uh, it's not an easy task. There's nothing simple about being president. And uh, I think Donald Trump is uh, the right man. I agree with you. He's a fighter. I know he's going through all the meat and highs and and hellos and introductions today. But, you know, I kind of know the guy and I kind of know his personality. He's like, this is a waste of my time. I want to roll up my sleeves and get to work. Look, I'm sure it's important. He's got to do it. There's a part of that job that is about symbolism and a part of that job that is about being just a head of state but then there's the part where he wants to, i think the part that he's most interested in is rolling up his sleeves and you know let's break ground and let's get this country going again i'm telling you i know him so well i saw him he was out on the veranda in the speaker's office and you know he's getting the well that's the the washington monument and that's the this and that's the that and i just know trump he's like okay can we get to work now that's I know he owns the hotel down the street that opened early and under budget. That hotel? Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Uh, Jenny, Minnesota, next on the Sean Hannity Show. What's up, Jenny? How are you? Oh, oh, Sean, I am so excited. I am just feeling so patriotic, so hopeful, so much peace after this election. Yeah, I really am. It's a nice relief, isn't it? I mean... Look, I, Lanny, da- Lanny Davis wrote me yesterday. There's no bigger Clinton sycophant, no bigger Clinton defender than Lanny Davis. I wrote him back. I mean, he was being very gracious and said congratulations. And I wrote back. I said, look, I said, hang in there. It's never fun. I, I know you love the Clintons. I know you are all in. And it's not fun when you lose. The last two election cycles weren't great for me. And uh, I get it. It's not fun. So... Well, you should have heard Glenn Beck today. Oh, really? I was I'm, I was shocked. I turned him on for the first time in like three, four months because I can't stand him. When he started going after you, Sean, that was the end of this. I couldn't deal with it. And I'm listening to him today, and he's like, okay. He's like, oh, I'm bored now. Like, this is going to be good. I hope he does this, and I hope he does that. I'm like, oh, my, my. I didn't use nice language when I was talking about him. How's that? But. He can't do this now. No, we get to gloat a little bit now, Sean. I'm sorry. Everybody's like, oh, let's get to work. Everybody's going to get along. And I put on Facebook yesterday. I'm like, you know what? It's time we just have a gloating time. We've been upset for eight years. Let me have a little bit of time. Today I can move along. But seeing Trump in that plane driving down the runway was amazing. It really was. Listen, governance is hard. And what the the single biggest thing that I hope Trump does with the Republicans, these guys need a spine transplant. These guys yeah. need a dose of healthy courage. These guys need to be bold and commit. You know what they need to be committed to? They need to be committed to principles that will get this country working again. Why do I keep calling it the first? And not their own jobs. And, and not, not their, own, their jobs. own jobs. And that's why I support term limits. Six years in Congress, out. Two terms in the Senate, out. Get out. Get out of there. Because by that, that time, you become corrupt. That's the one thing I hope he can do. Maybe one term in the oh, Senate. One. Maybe one. You know, we have our congressmen here. I can't believe it. Like 20-something years, everybody's in. Enough. Because they've all redrawn the districts through gerrymandering, and they basically they carve out a Democratic district. They carve out Republican districts, and you have politicians on both sides of the aisle. They, they conspire together. Okay, this will be a safe seat for you. That's the problem. 
I agree it's the problem. That's the problem. That's the swamp that needs to be drained. They get along. They are all against the people. It's not that they're against each other and fighting for right and wrong. They are fighting against us. And that's what this election proves. Go look at the painting. Go look at the painting on my website about the forgotten man. And you have all the presidents and Obama stomping on the Constitution. It's so well done by John McNaughton as the artist. And then you got this guy, you got this poor guy on a bench and he's sitting there and obviously, you know, struggling and depressed and, and, you know, his life is going nowhere and the ladder to success is shut off. And it's government that has caused this in part. Government regulation has hurt this country. Government taxation has has killed business in this country. And that means opportunity for everybody else. You know, I hope Trump does a good job of explaining why if you drop the, the corporate tax rate to one of the lowest in the industrialized world, what that means for the average person. You might say, oh, that's great for the rich. They're going to bring all their money to America. OK, we w- if you get every multi-billion dollar corporation moving to America because the tax rates are low. They'll build their factories here. They'll build their manufacturing centers here. They're going to put millions of Americans to work here. Now, this doesn't happen overnight. So I want to manage your expectations. But the possibilities are amazing. The hope and opportunity. And you know what? What if they gave them further tax incentives and said, "Okay, here are the most depressed areas in the country. And we could start in the Rust Belt which is why I think Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Ohio were so easy for Trump in the end because they, they know what's, what's been implemented now isn't working. But let's say, let's say Apple brings back a trillion dollars in, in monies because we now are allowing them to repatriate it at a low rate. What do you think they're going to do with it? They're not going to sit on the money. That's not what corporations, corporations use money, invest money to make more money. Okay, so maybe the, maybe they'll pick Detroit and and they can build factories in Detroit. They'll have a lot of labor, a lot of people out of work. Housing is relatively inexpensive now because so many neighborhoods have been abandoned. And you have an opportunity to revitalize one of America's great cities. And it can happen in really short order. I mean, you allow them to bring the money in, you incentivize them to go build the factory. These corporate guys, they're not going to sit around and wring their hands. They're going to get to work. That's what business does. And they go out there and they invest, and we benefit when they invest. Anyway, uh, Jose Miami, News Radio 610 WIOD. Sorry. Sean, it's morning in America. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm thrilled. I Here's a question. Do you remember back in 2008... For 2012, when the Republicans went in mass and protested the immaculation of Barack Obama on a once but twice? Yes. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen is right. That's my point. I thought you were talking about 2010 when, we, when the Tea Party movement rose. Oh, no. The, the immaculations of Obama in 2008-2012 when, when, you know, we were all depressed and we hit the street. Oh, we did not, yeah, we didn't protest. We didn't do any. Look, Democrats are now vowing to wage a total war to save obamacare i'm like okay go all in on failure because you just lost you know the people protesting last night they're just one dumber after the other and they have no idea if i'm a millennial i'm thinking well it can't get any worse you know you have men 18 to 34 in this country one in six they're in jail 
How old are you, Ethan? You're over 34, right? How old are I'm you? I'm 27. 27. You look over 34. I've been here so long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good point. But, you know, the average person Ethan's age, one in six of them are in jail or living with mommy and daddy. I, I give in very strict instructions to my staff to be smart with their money. I am like, I have my lectures. One of the lectures I give these young people on my staff is money equals freedom. Save your money. Don't spend your money on stupid stuff. <laughs> Jason, Coyote Ugly. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me? That, well, I'm just saying. I mean, well, I still have some of your bonus money from two years ago. Do you really? Yes. I've had to make some repairs in the house using that money. Well, actually, actually, off. in fairness to you, Jason, you take care of a whole ton of people. You take care of, like, your whole family. It's oh, unbelievable. Yes, I do. So, but, but, but look, everyone, Lauren could buy a house. Linda owns a ton of property. She's, she's building, trying to build a restaurant business, and um, she's been working hard. How many years on that project? I'm more interested in what Jose has to say than to talk about my restaurant. <laughs> Hey, anyway, Jose, thank you. 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.